Good morning. I'm David Feldman, and this is The Mop-Up. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has named Dennis Kucinich, the former mayor of Cleveland, congressman from Ohio. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has named Dennis Kucinich as his campaign manager. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., of course, running for the Democratic nomination for president. A record number of American workers are now testing positive for marijuana, so don't test them. Who cares? TikTok users say they are suing the state of Montana after the Republican-controlled legislature and governor literally banned TikTok from the state. Marjorie Taylor Greene has introduced articles of impeachment to remove Joe Biden from office. A Pentagon accounting error has found three extra billion dollars, three more billion dollars for Ukraine, a mere rounding number. We'll try to get to all those stories. Bruce Springsteen is coming under fire for not canceling Thursday's concert in Ferrara, Italy, after that country's worst flooding in 100 years. The deadly rain so far has killed 13, at least 13. It's left nearly 20,000 homeless. 23 rivers have overflowed and more than 200 landslides have been caused by this climate change catastrophe. There are still elderly and handicapped Italians trapped in their homes. So many Italians urged Bruce Springsteen to cancel his concert out of respect for the dead and the rescue workers. His concert is expected to be empty as ticket holders won't be able to get there due to flood-ravaged roads. However, the mayor of Ferrara, where the concert is scheduled to take place, the mayor of Ferrara, Alan Fabri, personally urged Bruce Springsteen to stage the concert in his town, saying, quote, I am sorry if anyone may have thought that Ferrara, that's the city, was insensitive to this tragedy just because it did not cancel the concert of the boss. But I can assure you that as a former mayor of Bandino, who lived through the 2012 earthquake, I was on the front lines and I never asked Italy or that region to stop championship events and production of companies in solidarity with us. As I reported yesterday, Formula One canceled their big race. But it's important to remember that during the Battle of Britain, as Germany bombed London, theater in the West End famously continued. Tough choice for Bruce Springsteen. A new 12-month study conducted by the University of California in Irvine suggests exposure to automobile exhaust causes Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia. Another reason to get rid of the combustion engine. Here's a reason to get rid of Ron DeSantis. In Florida, the city of Tampa canceled its annual gay pride parade for fear that they could end up violating a series of anti-LGBTQ laws signed this year by Governor Ron DeSantis. As we all know, gay pride parades traditionally involve drag queens. You can't have a gay pride parade without drag queens on floats. But as of Wednesday in Florida, thanks to Ron DeSantis, 
It is now illegal in Florida to subject children to drag queens. So Tampa canceled its gay pride parade for next month. Ron DeSantis has succeeded. He has succeeded in ending gay pride parades in Tampa. He has literally outlawed them because you can't have a gay pride parade without drag queens. You can't have a gay pride parade without children seeing drag queens. You can't have a gay pride parade without drag queens. It will feel like Ron DeSantis's wedding. You need the drag queens. My kids used to go to Halloween in West Hollywood. The whole idea was to confuse them and let them know that depending on how they were born, how, were, how they were meant to be, we didn't know how they were meant to be. Uh, I wanted them to know there's a place for them. So Halloween in West Hollywood. The time has come to punish Florida financially. I talked about this yesterday, the same way we punished North Carolina for their 2016 bathroom bill, which is now the law in Florida. We stopped spending money in North Carolina after that bathroom bill in 2016. And a year later, North Carolina got the message. They repealed the bathroom bill. In Florida, it's worse. It is now open season on the LGBT community in Florida. We need to punish Florida for Ron DeSantis. They've turned bathrooms in Florida into arrest rooms. They are arrest rooms, not restrooms, arrest rooms. You use the wrong bathroom, you're arrested for trespassing in Florida. We need to punish Ron DeSantis. And that means punishing Florida for electing him. He thinks he can be president. Meanwhile, police in Orlando are looking into how a digital traffic sign was hacked and ended up reading, kill all gays. Hmm. Police are looking into how a digital traffic sign. Can you see this? This is a photograph. They want to find out how that happened. You elected Ron DeSantis as your governor. That's how it happened. That sign, kill all gays. That's what Florida drivers along Lake Nona Boulevard and the Moores Parkway in Florida woke up to this week. A digital traffic sign that reads, kill all gays. As intended, Ron DeSantis is creating a culture of fear in Florida, which is exactly what terrorism is. Terrorism isn't just killing people. It's creating a culture of fear. He is a POS. He is, by definition, a POS. And it's time to punish Florida for electing him. As I said, Florida must be punished for the Marquis DeSantis. I've been trying to come up with a nickname for Ron DeSantis, and I was thinking he's like the Marquis de Sade. He's a sadist, and so I 
My nickname for him is the Marquis DeSantis. Let's hope it sticks. Start calling Ron. Let's get this going right now. Let's start calling Ron DeSantis the Marquis DeSantis. And uh, that's my little Photoshop there of the Marquis DeSantis. I may give that to Trump. I may actually give it to Trump. I think Trump is less dangerous than this POS because Trump is just a failure. He can't do anything. Ron DeSantis knows how to pull the levers of fascist power in government. He is he is more of a threat to America than Donald Trump, I think. I'm not. They're both pretty bad. Disney, which has been in Ron DeSantis's crosshairs ever since they took a stand against his Don't Say Gay bill, announced on Wednesday that it was canceling a $1 billion project that would have relocated 2,000 Disney employees from Los Angeles to a brand new campus in Lake Nona, Florida. Lake Nona. Lake Nona, by the way, is where the kill all the gays traffic sign showed up this week. Gee, I wonder why Disney doesn't want to build a $1 billion campus in Lake Nona, Florida. Disney said the decision not to build the $1 billion campus was based on, quote, changing business conditions. Governor DeSantis's office called the decision by Disney, quote, unsurprising. Now, Disney uh, was getting pushback from its employees in Los Angeles when they announced plans to relocate 2,000 of them to Florida. I don't understand it. Why, why would Disney employees not want to leave California for Florida? I don't understand that. Meanwhile, keep in mind, it's important to root for Disney against Ron DeSantis. Disney is Florida's biggest taxpayer and brings in 50 million tourists into the state each year. That's how they raise the IQ of Florida, by bringing in 50 million tourists into Florida each year. We need to punish Florida. We need to punish the companies that are not standing up to Ron DeSantis. Or this monster, and I do mean monster, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, well, he announced on Thursday that he has sent a busload of migrants to Denver, Colorado. I, I, I think it's like there's this competition. I think, you know, uh, uh, Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene compete in Washington to see who can be the biggest a-hole. And I think there's a competition between Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott to see who can be the bigger a-hole. Uh, blaming failed border policy in the Biden administration, Governor Greg Abbott has sent busloads of migrants from Colombia, Venezuela, Ecuador, and the Dominican Republic to New York City, Chicago, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, and every other democratically controlled city that has declared itself a sanctuary for migrants. You remember when Ron DeSantis sent all those migrants to Martha's Vineyard? This is just cruelty, sadism. It's what the Republican Party is now all about. It's about the cruelty. It's about administering pain. The Associated Press reports tonight that the United States Border Patrol 
was keeping hundreds of migrants held along the San Diego border in open air facilities and forcing them to live on a diet of water and granola bars. This is America forcing migrants, seeking asylum, escaping gangs, drug lords, death squads. They make it to America and we're feeding them nothing but water and granola bars. A public health emergency was created after toilets became full, forcing the migrants to relieve themselves outdoors. Eventually, I think it was last week, the Border Patrol closed the camp down. This is something you would read about in Nazi Germany. This is how they treated migrants and my people in Nazi Germany. By definition, these are concentration camps. By definition of what a concentration camp is, we are holding these migrants in concentration camps and violating international law. It is against the law to detain any asylum seeker. We are now getting reports, and by the way, this is the Biden administration. We are now getting reports that an ambulance had to be called when an eight-month-old girl started to vomit and became listless in that migrant camp that has just been closed down. Eight-month-old girl vomiting and getting listless. Meanwhile, the second migrant child in two weeks has died in U.S. custody. Two migrant children in two weeks have died in U.S. custody. An autopsy has been ordered on an eight-year-old Panamanian refugee, eight-year-old Panamanian refugee, who is being held in an overcrowded refugee camp in Texas. Initial reports are she suffered from some sort of heart ailment. Last week, a 17-year-old boy from Honduras died while being held in a detention facility. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services is looking into his cause of death. So we don't really talk about the plight of the migrants. It's a political football. Both parties use it for fundraising. Both parties use the immigration crisis to uh, show how tough they are. Even though we need these people coming here, we have a shortage of immigrants. These are the people who we're keeping out. These are the children who uh, tens of thousands of children trying to make it here. This is who we're keeping out when we need them. We need them just as much as they need us. And these are how we treat children. They're on our property. They're our children. And we keep them in migrant camps. Look at them. This is what America's doing. We take in fewer refugees than any other industrialized world country. That's America. Take a look. This is... Don't blame the Republicans. We have a, we have a Democratic president right now. Executive orders. You don't need Congress to save these people, to welcome these people.
After two weeks, I'm sorry, with two weeks left before America runs out of cash, the White House and Republican leaders are trying to carve out a deal that will raise the debt ceiling, which currently stands at $31 trillion, $381 billion, and 52 cents. I made up the 52 cents. One third of that debt was racked up by Donald Trump. One third of that debt was racked up by Donald Trump after he gave the largest tax cut in American history to the richest 1%. He promised, as they always do, that it would pay for itself. Well, you see that it didn't. We're past the debt ceiling. We passed it in January. He added to the debt, which means the federal government must borrow. It must borrow the king of debt, Donald Trump. Because of that tax cut for the very wealthy, one third of our debt was caused by Donald Trump. And to pay for that tax cut for the wealthy, our federal government must issue treasury notes and pay interest on that debt. People have to buy our debt. This is how a leveraged buyout works. This is exactly how a leveraged buyout works. The wealthiest 1% here in America figured out how to orchestrate a leveraged buyout of the federal government. A leveraged buyout is what venture capitalists do. They, they buy a company without using their own money. They borrow money to buy a corporation. And then when they own it, they pay off the debt they incurred buying the corporation. They pay off that debt by gutting the corporation they just purchased. They fire everyone. They raid the pension funds. They sell off all the real estate while paying themselves gigantic fees. It's how the, the evil Mitt Romney's Bain Capital earned billions of dollars. It's evil stuff. Mitt Romney is evil. Private equity is evil. That's how Mitt Rom Senator Mitt Romney earned his fortune. This is some evil shit, and it should be illegal. You take a corporation that's doing perfectly fine, like Toys R Us, borrow money. You borrow money. You don't use your own money. You borrow somebody else's money to purchase Toys R Us. Then once you own it, you saddle the corporation with all that debt. And then you strip it down to the bones to pay off that debt. That's exactly what Trump's tax cut has turned out to be. He gave trillions to the wealthy by cutting their taxes. Less money came into the Treasury, seven trillion fewer dollars to be exact. So what do you do? You, you finance it by issuing debt. The rich get to keep all their money from the IRS. All the money that they're supposed to, our money, the, the money they owe us, the rich owe us. They get to keep it all. And then for safety, here's where it gets almost ingenious. Uh, they, they get to keep trillions of dollars that they owe the federal government, right? So the corporations have excess profits from not having to pay taxes. And then for safety, 
they use, they take the profits that belongs to you and me, uh, and they buy the very same treasury notes that had to be issued to borrow the $7 trillion their tax cut ended up costing the federal government. It's ingenious. It's evil. And, and because it's confusing, we allow it to happen. They don't pay their taxes. They keep all their money. The government then has to issue debt to keep rolling along. And the rich, because they don't ha they have seven trillion extra dollars sitting in their bank accounts, they buy the debt. They buy the Treasury notes that were issued to give them their effing tax cuts. And then they have to collect interest. This is where it's so maddening. You buy Treasury notes and you collect interest on it. You buy when you buy somebody's debt, they have to pay you it. So we as taxpayers, we have to pay them to hold our debt. It's a leveraged buyout. They're stripping our assets. It's why Blackstone is buying up all the real estate. Nobody can afford to buy homes. We're we're approaching feudalism. Uh I hope I made myself clear, because if we don't understand what they're doing, this is we're like months away from neo-feudalism. Half this country can't come up with a thousand dollars in cash for an emergency. But the Republicans uh, give tax cuts to the wealthy and then. OK, I'll. I'll all right. And now. Because they can. Speaker Kevin McCarthy and his Republicans are telling Biden they won't raise the debt limit unless we punish poor people. They now want able bodied recipients of Medicaid and food stamps to work for it. Work for it. If they could work for it, they wouldn't need Medicaid and food stamps, you malicious, venomous bastards. The message is starve and die and no medical care. That's the message. Starve, no food stamps and, and no medical care unless you go get a job. Uh, of course, they say able bodied. Define able-bodied. Suppose you're suffering from mental illness. Do they say, does able-bodied include the mentally ill? If they could work, if they would raise the minimum wage, the minimum wage is $7 and change. They haven't raised it since Teddy Kennedy was alive. You get a job, you're still poor, you idiots. By the way... People who are working in America are on Medicaid and they're in need of food stamps. I don't have the numbers. I'll get them tomorrow. We have what are called the working poor. Because you haven't raised the minimum wage since Ted Kennedy died, which was what, 2009? We have what are called the working poor. When you go to work for Walmart... On your first day, they hand you an application for food stamps. 
I wish I were making that up. When you work for these big box stores, you're expected to go on food stamps, and that's how they help you, by giving you the application. You're going to be on Medicaid if you work for Walmart. That's another way we, the taxpayers, subsidize the richest 1% and Wall Street. As I said, they can't even raise minimum wage past $7 and some change. We allow in this country corporations to pay their workers so little that they must go on Medicaid and food stamps. And, and we gave we, we, one third of the debt that we currently hold was created by Donald Trump, who insisted on giving the wealthy tax cuts, which Joe Biden and the Democrats have not reversed. It's not just the Republicans' fault. This is happening because the Democrats are owned by Wall Street. Not all, not all, not Bernie, not Cory Bush. Uh, there's some good Democrats here. As I've always said on this show, I don't care what your position papers are if you're running for office as a Democrat. You make a promise to me that you have no money. You got my vote. And every two years, if you're a congressman, and every six years, if you're a senator, you do your financial disclosures. And if you're still broke, if you have to live on the salary that you're paid as a congressperson or a senator, and you're able to save some of that money, and your spouse is poor, and your children are poor, you have my vote. Because if you're holding elective office, and you're not worrying about Half the country that can't come up with $1,000 for a medical emergency, you are a piece of shit. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. If you don't wake up every morning and think about those migrant children who we need and, and the Americans who can't come up with $1,000 for a medical emergency, your life is worthless. If you're a politician in Washington, D.C., and that's not the only thing you care about, you're a piece of shit and you're worthless and you're evil. And I don't know where 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 are the Jeremiah rights in this country? Where are the rabbis and the ministers? Where are the Reverend Barry W. Linz and the Jeremiah rights who are calling these so-called religious politicians on their venality. This is pure evil. People are dying because you don't give a shit about humanity. Uh, we have to outlaw billionaires and uh, there has to be a peaceful, legal revolution the same way there was a Reagan revolution and a Gingrich revolution. It's done by electing the right people. It's by it's ele electing AOC and Bernie Sanders and Cory Bush and readjusting the tax laws and making certain that money flows down to us, the people who need it, not up 
to the union busting trolls like Jeff Bezos on his new $500 million yacht. I have a picture of him. This is Jeff Bezos on his new $500 million yacht and his phony pecs and his uh, whore, a girlfriend on that boat. And, you know, I'm looking at them on that boat. There's never an iceberg when you really need one. Why is that? There's never an iceberg when, when you really need one. Since Reagan, who was a racist, his own son, Ron Jr., says so, Ronald Reagan was a racist. Since Reagan, we have been fed the lie that rich people create jobs. They destroy jobs. Rich people destroy jobs. But we've been fed this lie that you got to give tax cuts to the rich because it, what's the term, trickles down? So just give them tax breaks, tax incentives, and uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. You know what? The only thing I see rising on Jeff Bezos's $500 million yacht are his phony breasts. That's that's Jeff Bezos with phony breasts. Uh, the rising tide is just lifting. Just lifting that $500 million yacht. Like I said, I'm rooting for the iceberg. Nobody benefits when you give tax incentives to the rich. By the way, you know, uh, here in New York City, I'm proud to say that we turned down Jeff Bezos. He wanted to build a second headquarters. And we said, no, you're not good for America or New York City. And uh, he was welcomed in Virginia. Go check out uh, the, the headquarters that he was supposedly uh, building in, in Virginia. There are now reports that Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein is much sicker than she has led on. Feinstein's term is up next year, and she is not running for re-election. After a three-month absence, the 89-year-old California senator, a Democrat, returned last week in a wheelchair, wheelchair with her cognitive skills clearly diminished from what is now reported to be encephalitis, a swelling of the brain, which may have been caused by a rough case of shingles. Here's where the story gets really diseased and sick. Now, she obviously is uh, like Reagan was. And we have a lot of uh, sen senators who are senile. As I said earlier, the Senate comes from the same root word as senile. Uh, she should, you know, I, I don't think you embarrass her. I think AOC and uh, Ro Khanna were disgusting when they publicly called for her resignation. I mean, that was just craven opportunism. You should quietly let her finish out her year and leave her alone. She's clearly suffering. Uh, this is where it gets diseased. This is where, you know, I'm a Democrat. I, I don't. I voted for Bernie. I will vote for Joe Biden. I would rather have Nancy Pelosi as our speaker and not Kevin McCarthy. I'd rather have Hakeem Jeffries as the speaker 
but I would rather have Cori Bush as the speaker or Katie Porter or, or Barbara Lee. Uh, this is not what I want uh, leading the Democratic Party. This is the disease of the Democratic Party. Politico is reporting that former speaker Nancy Pelosi's eldest daughter is serving as Senator Dianne Feinstein's primary caretaker. You can see her. She's on the right there. When uh, Senator Feinstein made her publicized return last week, which by all measures was a public relations disaster with a clearly confused senator telling reporters, I was never away. I've been here all along and I've been voting all along. This should have been done quietly. There was no need to alert the press. Let her finish out her term and dig it with dignity. Chief of staffs run a senator's office. We all know that. You just tell them how to vote the same way, you know, the second Ronald Reagan's second term, Strom Thurmond, Grassley, just let them have their dignity. Uh, but don't draw attention, don't politicize her senility, which according to Politico, that is what the, the Pelosi family is doing to this poor senator, Dianne Feinstein. According to Politico, uh, the San Francisco-based Pelosi family is overseeing Dianne Feinstein's care. That's why the daughter, the eldest Pelosi daughter, is her nurse. Feinstein is the former mayor of San Francisco before she became senator. The Pelosi family also lives in San Francisco. They're part of the political brotherhood, sisterhood. Many people are now suggest this is really diseased. Many people are suggesting that Nancy Pelosi has assigned her eldest daughter to take care of the doddering, barely lucent Dianne Feinstein in order to keep Dianne Feinstein in the Senate all the way through 2024 to avoid Governor, California Governor Gavin Newsom from naming this woman, who I want to be the next senator, Congresswoman Barbara Lee. Pelosi is worried that California Governor Gavin Newsom would name Congresswoman Barbara Lee as an interim appointment, thereby making her the incumbent running for re-election in the 2024 California Senate race that would give her an advantage over Pelosi's pick, Adam Schiff. So they're doing everything they can to keep Dianne Feinstein in the Senate to avoid Gavin Newsom naming the fantastic Congresswoman Barbara Lee as Dianne Feinstein's replacement. Not to speak badly of Dianne Feinstein, I will just say Barbara Lee is a million times better than Dianne Feinstein. She serves in the House. Uh, Barbara Lee deserves to be senator because, for many reasons, but one of the reasons is she is the only member of Congress to vote 
against the war authorization to invade Afghanistan. She is the only member of Congress who voted, what was it, in 2001? The war authorization in Afghanistan. Only one. Therefore, she deserves to be the senator. Because the Taliban did not attack us on 9-11. I've gone over this countless times. And that is the question I vet all the candidates running for office with. Who did, did Afghanistan attack us on 9-11? Did the Taliban attack us on 9-11? They did not attack us on 9-11. Watch my previous shows. Watch my 20th anniversary episode of the war in Iraq where I talk about all the, everyone who knows anything knows that the Taliban and Afghanistan did not attack us on 9-11. And Barbara Lee was the only one who was willing to say it. Right? This 20-year global war on terror, Afghanistan and Iraq, nothing to do with 9-11. Now, to Nancy Pelosi's credit, she voted against the war authorization against Iraq. She deserves some credit. But she voted for the war authorization against Afghanistan. Only this woman had the moral fortitude to stand up to the military-industrial complex. Barbara Lee. This is some sick shit that's going on right now with Dianne Feinstein propping her up in her Senate seat to, to prevent Gavin Newsom from naming Barbara Lee as her replacement. Barbara Lee should be the senator from California. Well, how are we doing on time here? Okay. The 69th annual meeting of the Bilderberg Group began on Thursday in Portugal. The Bilderberg Group, that's 130 business people, academics, bankers, and politicians. They're holding their secret meeting. You, you cannot talk about what goes on at the Bilderberg meetings. Uh, it will be three days, started on Thursday. They're discussing financial and geo. Political, geopolitical issues. And of course, the real reason they're there is to keep QAnon followers glued to the internet, eating Cheetos and warning each other about the one world government. The Bilderberg Group has a website. Good luck getting on it. I was able to get on it briefly. Traffic was busy all day. And the website says the topic of discussion at the Bilderberg group meeting will be artificial intelligence with Sam Altman, founder and CEO of OpenAI. He just testified this week, warning about artificial intelligence. Sam Altman will be joining the Bilderberg group. Also showing up for the Bilderberg group will be Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, former Google CEO Eric Schmidt, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg and Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitro Kuliba. The CEO of Pfizer, Albert Berla, will be meeting at the Bilderberg Convention. Pay attention, anti-vaxxers. Albert Berla, CEO of Pfizer. We'll be at the, the Bilderberg. 
I can't wait to read those chat rooms. BP British Petroleum Chief Bernard Looney. That's a good name for uh, the head of a fossil fuel company, Bernard Looney. Total Energies CEO Patrick Puyane. And the very evil Peter Thiel, the investor, Peter Thiel, the right wing investor, Peter Thiel, will be there. And you can't have a meeting of evil warlords without Henry Kissinger, who is still alive. Henry Kissinger will be there because it's not (laughs) it's not a, a congregation of moral assassins. Unless Henry, <laughs> war criminal, Henry Kissinger is there. Uh, war criminal, Henry Kissinger, still alive. Still alive because even Satan doesn't want Henry Kissinger. It's, it's like God and Satan. You take him. I don't want him. The Bilderberg Group uh, gets its name from the Bilderberg Hotel in the Netherlands which is also Holland, by the way, if you're from QAnon. What's that about? Why are the Netherlands also called Holland? Hmm? What are they trying to... Why do they have a double identity? QAnon should get on that. I want to know why the Netherlands also calls itself Holland. Hmm. Very suspicious. The first meeting of the Bilderberg Group was held at the Bilderberg Hotel in uh, 1954. And uh, so they called it the Bilderberg Group. They named it after the hotel, the same way the Carlisle Group. Pay attention, QAnon. The Carlisle Group is named after the Carlisle Hotel in Manhattan. The Carlisle Group. Read about the Carlisle Group, how it. It's the biggest defense contractor in the world. Tony Blair, the Bush family. And so the, the I'm just, you know, I know I have a lot of QAnon listeners. The Bilderberg Group is named after the Bilderberg Hotel. And the Carlisle Group is named after the Carlisle Hotel here in Manhattan. And I just found out the David Feldman Show fan club is named the Econo Lodge Easy 8 Motel Group. Apparently they love, they <laughs> hold their meet. My fan club holds their meetings in Newark, New Jersey at the Econo Lodge Easy 8 Motel. They love the hotel. You get a free bear claw in the morning. And so they've, they've called my fan club the Econo Lodge Easy 8 Motel Group. So think about this, QAnon. You got the Bilderberg Group, named after the Bilderberg Hotel in the Netherlands. You got the Carlisle Group, named after the Carlisle Hotel in Manhattan. And the David Feldman Fan Club, named after the Econo Lodge Easy 8 Motel Group. They, they call it the Econo Lodge Easy 8 Motel Group. They even kept motel in the name of my fan club. All right, I just want to see how many people I could push away from me. Uh, Prince Bernard of the Netherlands, also of Holland. I want to know what that's about. Prince Bernard of the Netherlands uh, was the founder 
of the Bilderberg Group. It's founded by Prince Bernard of the Netherlands, but he was not Dutch by birth. He married the Dutch royal family's Princess Juliana in 1937. Before he married Princess Juliana of Holland or the Netherlands or Dutch country, uh, I don't think they ever called it Dutch country. Uh, before he married Princess Juliana, uh, Prince Bernard was a German aristocrat. Or to put it another way, he was a Nazi. The founder of the Bilderberg Group, Prince Bernhard, was a Nazi. Uh, he was a member of the SS. And then he married in 1937. I mean, the Nazis were in full bloom, like the tulips in Holland by 1937. And uh, Prince Bernard, member of the SS, married the Dutch royal family's princess, Juliana. Now, in all fairness to Prince Bernhard, uh, during World War II, he fought against Hitler. <clears throat> well, I have a tickle in my throat, QAnon. What, what, what is that about? Well, notice I'm talking about the Bilderberg Group, and all of a sudden there's a tickle in my throat. What's that about? Hmm? I'd look into that. I didn't have any problems talking throughout the entire show. Suddenly I'm talking about the Bilderberg Group, and I got a tickle in my throat. Huh? Coincidence? I don't think so. Well, Prince Bernard, the founder of the Bilderberg Group, in all fairness to the man, even though he was a member of the SS, he fought against Hitler on the side of the Netherlands, which is also called Holland. But that's only because his wife, Princess Juliana, made him, right? You marry the Dutch royal princess, and Hitler invades your wife's country, you gotta, you know, you gotta fight Hitler. Because you gotta do things to please the wife. That's how, it, that's how it works, right? You marry Princess Juliana, you gotta have dinner with the Hollenzollers every Friday night. You can't stand the wife, Magda Hollenzoller, loudmouth, your wife is best friends with Magda Hollenzaller. You married the Dutch princess. You have dinner with the Hollenzollers. And uh, you got to listen to her and, and take arms against mein Fuhrer. Happy wife, happy life. So a member of the SS, Prince Bernard, fought against mein Fuhrer. Uh, even though he was a member of the SS, uh, to make his wife happy. And I'm sure she still wasn't happy. I'm sure she found something. And then he went on to found uh, the Bilderberg Group. Uh, but in 1976, Prince Bernard was forced to step down as head of the Bilderberg Group when Dutch investigators concluded he accepted bribes from America's Lockheed Aircraft Corporation he took money from Lockheed 
to encourage the Dutch government to buy their jets from Lockheed. And he had to step down from the Bilderberg Group. Seems to me that should have made him like the king of the Bilderberg Group. Well, do I believe the Bilderberg Group, which started meeting Thursday, do I believe it's a secret society where world leaders gather to determine our fate? Well, yeah, I mean, they are sworn to secrecy. They are world leaders. They are incredibly powerful. Uh, These meetings at the Bilderberg Group are mostly about coordinating economic activities between Europe and North America. So, yeah, it's a conspiracy. It's a bunch of rich men, some women, mostly men, conspiring to make more money and gain more power, gain more access to political power. That's a conspiracy. That's a conspiracy. The same way I conspired with a couple of people today to do this show. The same way the five wealthiest families in America conspire to control our tax code. See, you don't need to be suffering from paranoid delusions to believe the very rich and the very powerful work together, conspire, if you will, to transfer the world's assets upwards to them, right? If there are, that's a conspiracy. If there are 8 billion people on this planet and 50 of them out of 8 billion have all the money and power, yeah, there's a conspiracy of the rich and the powerful, Uh, Luckily, however, they are all stupid. Their children are even dumber. They all hate each other, including themselves, which means when they're not killing us, they're killing each other. So that's how I sleep at night, knowing that these people are going to kill themselves. Like I said... Root for the iceberg. $500 million yacht still won't recognize the Amazon labor union. Jeff Bezos. Peace oh shit. That's his name in Ireland. His his name in Gaelic. Jeff Bezos. Peace oh shit. (laughs) Peace oh shit. Jeff Jeff Bezos' Irish name. So let's get that going. And uh, what's the other one I wanted? Oh, this one. The Marquis DeSantis. Let's, let's make that his nickname, the Marquis DeSantis. All right. You're listening to The David Feldman Show. You happy, self-actualized hump. The Reverend Barry W. Lynn joins us, and he is the author of the new book, Paid to Piss People Off. It's published by Blue Cedar Press. You can buy it everywhere. You can buy it at, what is the place called? Hang on, I can do it this way. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on Amazon. Or you can buy it by going to bluecedarpress.com or barrywlynn.com or 
barnesandnoble.com. Pay to peace, pay to piss people off. Peace, porn, and prayer. It's a trilogy. Go buy the book. It has the Feldman guarantee. And you can see, you can see the Reverend Barry W. Lynn. He's got a gig. He's playing the Community Church of Boston, the Peace and Justice Congregation. He will be at the Community Church of Boston Sunday, May 21st at 11 a.m., delivering a sermon entitled A Life in Three Acts, Peace, Porn, and Prayer. The Reverend Barry W. Lynn, May 21st at the Community Church of Boston. That would be in Boston. If you're living in the Boston area, go see the Reverend this Sunday, May 21st at 11 a.m., A Life in Three Acts, Peace, Porn, and Prayer. Music by Cozy Sheridan. Very exciting. Now, if you don't live in Boston, but you still want to see the Reverend deliver his sermon on Sunday, May 21st at 11 a.m. Boston time, you can watch him on Zoom. Go to their website, which would be church of, communitychurchofboston.org. Go to communitychurchofboston.org for information and how you can log on to Zoom and watch the Reverend Barry W. Lynn this Sunday, May 21st. Well, Reverend, a lot to talk about. Indeed, indeed there is. Good news. The Supreme Court has finally come to its senses. I should mention that the Reverend Barry W. Lynn is a member of the Supreme Court Bar because he is an attorney. Not only that, he's an ordained minister in the United Church of Christ and has dedicated much of his professional life to separation of church and state. He ran Americans United for separation of church and state. The Supreme Court finally came to its senses, Reverend. You said it wouldn't. You know, you always talk, oh, we got to pack the court. We can't trust Clarence Thomas. Well, on Wednesday, the Supreme Court said Illinois can keep in place a new law that uh, bars the sale of uh, some semi-automatic weapons and large capacity magazines. So it sounds like the problem solved. Yes, if you <laughs> didn't know how the federal judicial system worked, then you would say that was a tremendous victory. We should all celebrate, get drunk, buy some guns and shoot people. But that's not what they that's oh. not a decision on the merits. And oh. I have a distinct feeling that by the time this gets to the Supreme Court for its final verdict, it will say, no, whatever they wanted to do there in Illinois also violates the Second Amendment. I think people need to go back and look at what happened just a year ago when Clarence Thomas wrote this extraordinary opinion, which turned out to permit the concealed carry of handguns without any need to justify or explain why you wanted it right there in New York City. The idea that this is somehow going to make us safer is so ridiculous, but on the other hand, if that's not permissible, then what in the world is? There's another lower court decision within the last week or so that said you could not restrict 18 to 21 year olds from obtaining semi-automatic weapons. 
because they had said, well, you know, maybe you have to be 21. This court said, and again, that will be on appeal also, you can't make such a distinction. And, you know, one wonders if you're 18 and you can have a semi-automatic weapon, maybe what? Uh, maybe, maybe what's the difference between being 17 and 18 after all? Um, so I, I think that the, the view of the Supreme Court on guns is so literally inconceivably stupid that I don't know what can be done about it. Somebody at a book signing I did a few weeks ago asked if it was any issue I could not work on. And I said it would be guns because of the stupid arguments that have been made now about this for the 35 years that I've been focused on on any of these progressive issues. You can't, uh, you just can't imagine what goes through the minds of people. There was a horrible shooting just a few days ago in New Mexico. The police tapes were released today. This guy was 18. He lawfully purchased, among other things, a semi-automatic uh, weapon, and he shot three women dead, all of whom were great-grandmothers. Now, I love the fact that the the gun nuts in the country will say, well, you know, people, they should be able to defend themselves. I'll tell you, three great grandmothers are not going to be able to defend themselves mm -hmm. against some guy with a semi-automatic weapon who's shooting at random. That is absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, they're going to find, and I'm sure I'm finding some of the uh, networks, uh, right-wing networks, which is becoming all of them, um, you're going to find people in the next few days explaining how important it was uh, for those great-grandmothers uh, to be able to obtain a weapon to defend themselves. That's stupid. Okay, you're a lawyer. I'm not. Explain to me. Let me take this. I, I think all guns should be against the law. I think we should. it should be sure. like most, like, you know, Great Britain. People should right. not be allowed to have guns. And, and the police... Uh, at some point didn't uh, have guns in London w with the spread of terrorism, uh, London police now. They did. Yeah. Sure. So let me give you some numbers because this, I feel, should be debated. And you've debated this. Since the beginning of the year, 115 Americans have been killed in 22 mass shootings. A mass shooting involves four or more fatalities, not including the, the shooter. Right. Let's say 50,000 Americans die every year from guns. Half of them suicides. I don't have, I'm ballparking here, but that's about what it is. That's 50,000 right. 50, dead Americans from guns every year, half from suicides. The argument in favor of guns reverend is okay that's the price you pay to keep the rest of us safe is there evidence that guns have saved more than 50,000 lives every year can can the nra show proof that a home invasion was prevented because the 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 master of the home pardon the expression yeah. owned a gun do we have evidence that guns save lives? 
There was a very famous and well-publicized book written about 25 years ago that purported to make this argument, and it was uh, wildly debated, I think thoroughly debunked. A lot of social scientists looked at the data and said, this is, does not make any sense. But he was trying to claim just this point, that yes, it's terrible, a lot of people are killed, but look at all the people that are saved. and. It just doesn't wash. It doesn't hold up to uh, analysis by people who really understand what statistics are all about. And he would claim, for example, that if, if you had a weapon in your convenience store and somebody walked in and he might shoot you because there are a lot of people who run convenience stores that are shot by intruders. But that if, if you displayed a gun, the guy ran out of the store. Well, that doesn't prove that guns made it safer because you don't know what that particular uh, potential felon was thinking when he walked into the store to rob you, whether he would even think of shooting you, nor do we know that uh, this guy just saw a gun and said, eh, why take a chance mm -hmm. and then left and then robbed another convenience store. But the, I don't, I've never seen credible evidence. I see anecdotes. There is anecdotal evidence, but of course, you know, as, um, sociologists sometimes say two anecdotes is not evidence you know it's just two examples and i don't think there's any strong evidence i don't think there's any evidence that suggests that it's we're safer because we have more guns and uh but it's it's you hear it all the time that loony character who's from congress uh, 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 uh congressman uh louis gomert used right. to be a he used to be a judge in Texas. He was the first guy to come out and announce his thoughts after the shooting in that uh, late late Thursday night showing of one of the Batman movies in Colorado. And he came out and he said, if more people in that theater had had guns, we wouldn't have had this problem. And nothing to me says stupid plus, you know, completely irrational than saying oh in a darkened theater with a dark movie right. showing you hear a few pops let's pull out our guns that we brought in and let's start shooting back right but louis gomer you know louis louis he was he's still on the judiciary committee no, no, he, he's course, done he's done oh is he done did he oh did, yeah. did he leave yeah oh, he that, ran that's so upsetting because uh, it's upsetting <laughs> me before you tell me what happened to him but after i testified one day he, he kept asking me question like uh, well mr lynn why is it that you don't spend your time working to bring people to jesus christ instead of trying to support your view of the constitution and he went on and on for most of his five minutes. I went up to him afterwards. I said, because I had said, you know, Congressman, I don't think our theology is, that's not the appropriate venue to talk about it here in Congress. So I went up and I said, you know, if you like to talk theology, let's have breakfast. He turns to his staff guy and says, hey, put, write this down. Uh, make sure that Barry gets an invitation so we can have breakfast together. That was like six years ago, and I, I'm still waiting. Now, apparently, from what you're about to tell me, I'm going to have to wait forever because he's yeah. not even in Congress, and he probably doesn't have enough money to buy me breakfast. I bet he has enough money to buy. He the, could, the, probably. If he's a Republican, yeah, he, he, has has a, a, he could buy the restaurant. So yeah. the new— Where'd he go? He ran for state office, I believe. 
state office. Like agricultural commission, something big, you know, one of those positions in Texas that doesn't sound important. And then you realize it controls the entire economy. You know, yes, rail, exactly. railroad commissioner. You go, oh, how, <laughs> you know, it turned out that controls sure. everything. Uh, the fresh hell is uh, Good Samaritans. Last year, there was a shooting, a mass shooting in Minneapolis, and a police chief uh, held a press conference to say that the shooter in the mall, I think it was the Mall of America. No, it wasn't the Mall of America, but it was a mall. No. Yeah. And, and, the, and the police chief said the shooter was taken down, taken out by a good Samaritan with a gun. And I went, oh, that's a new one. That's a a fresh hell from the NRA. And the police are referring to uh, armed citizens as good Samaritans. Yep. That's a biblical, that's New Testament stuff. Yes, it is. What is a good Samaritan? A person you wouldn't expect to go out of his or her way to help someone but who does in fact do just that a person you wouldn't expect no you wouldn't because samaritans didn't have a very good reputation in the time of jesus oh the fact that you had to say a good samaritan good samaritan so it's kind of bigoted the term it's kind of bigoted yeah but the good samaritan in the bible was a to my knowledge he, he was not uh Carrying so, a weapon. Whoa, 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 of any whoa. So kind. it's kind of racist. Yeah. It's kind of like the way they refer to, like, Bill Cosby. Yes, of one, he's one of the good he's ones. A, one of the good ones. Yeah. Yeah. But no, the, but the fact that there's somebody in a mall. And by the way, there was another mall shooting, of course, just a couple weekends ago, where the only reason the shooter was taken down, taken out, shot, killed, was because there were was a police officer who was there and lawfully carrying a gun, and he used it when he found out that this guy had just shot a number of people in the mall. So very rarely do you find the so-called Good Samaritan who uh, saves the lives of people in at the time of a mass shooting. It, it does occur. It's very rare, and it doesn't justify the claim that we would be safer if everyone was armed to the teeth. Right. So I happened, I, I didn't want to bring this up, but my grandparents came here from Samaria. Did they really? Yeah. And when I hear yeah. the term good, good. Samaritan, uh, you- it implies that uh, most people are bad who come from Samaria. So you have to say, he's a good Samarian, Samaritan. Yeah. You sure they came from Samaria? The central region of ancient Palestine, yes. Yeah. Samaria. Yeah. So I find it anti-Semitic, actually. It should be. The term good Samaritan is basically saying you have to qualify it. Like yeah, most, absolutely. most Samaritans are bad. This, he's one of the good ones. You could uh, get a PhD in thi- uh, theology just by knowing that simple fact. Well, I have a PhD in cancel culture. Do you really? Yes. And, and this, uh, you've helped me find a new way to cancel <laughs> find people. Find a new way to cancel return. people. Yeah. Absolutely. Speak- That's a good idea. Speaking of cancellations, yes. Uh, I want to ask you about TikTok in a second, but there's a new poll out about how Americans feel about guns. Yeah, a new poll uh, just within the last 24 hours showed that of the of the 
things that are considered major health hazards in America, the largest percentage of people, 26%, believe it to be guns. And only 25% consider it to be fentanyl and opioids. So the drug fear, which is, you know, it's real, uh, has now dropped below guns, not by a statistically significant amount, but just by one percentage point. Uh, people are, seem to be waking up to the notion that guns are really dangerous and that this gun violence can occur anywhere as it has hundreds of times just in the, since the beginning of, of this, uh, this year of our Lord, 2023. So the American people want gun control. Well, we know that. I mean, they wanted it before. They want all kinds of things. They, they think it's absurd that you can buy a gun at a gun show where we used to live in Virginia. They had gun shows like every other weekend. You could walk in, buy from a private person a gun. They, there was no background check. They would sell it to anyone, uh, you know, who wasn't uh, wearing, wearing diapers. But then, and they also, the, the ban on magazines that have a large magazine capacity for lots of bullets at one time and semi-automatic rifles, machine guns. Nobody really thinks those are important except the gun manufacturers and they're voiced, voiced by the National Rifle right. Association. And machine so, guns are against the law. Uh, they are at the moment against the yeah, but, but there are gun, you know, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, there's a group that's much more radical than the National Rifle Association called Gun Owners of America. And Gun Owners of America uh, believes that if you can use a weapon on the field of battle, you should be able also to own it as a private citizen. So, of course, machine guns and maybe battlefield nuclear weapons uh, they would be upset if anybody, you know, tried to ban those. Although luckily they, they are, of course. Yeah. You can't buy a nuclear weapon, not right now. Well, maybe that'll change. I'm not so sure. It it's could. A, I'm not sure it's a bad idea. I'd have to. No, I didn't. Because I mean, anybody that's ever lived next to a noisy neighbor uh -huh. really knows that if that's the what you have to do to get rid of the barking dog, then you should probably have the right to do it. Absolutely. You probably frame it. And there will be a judge uh, who believes that. Okay, let me see if I understand, yeah. because you're a lawyer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. TikTok is a Chinese iteration of YouTube. Correct. And the state of Montana this week, the governor, Gianforte, a, a very violent man who... Uh, yes, he is. Was beat up a uh, a reporter for the Guardian, I believe. Yep, G former Congressman Gianforti, big bully. Uh, he signed into law a bill that bans TikTok in the state of Montana. So, you're the lawyer. There's a the, the First Amendment says that it's the government that cannot impose uh, uh, restrictions restrictions on speech right by banning tiktok in montana is montana a real state is it a real government is this, is this, is this? Yeah, it's got a, it's got at least one good senator um 
here's the problem with this. Uh, some people actually, just to make sure the record is complete, the fact that the First Amendment says Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibit, you know, all of that. It applies to the states because we did pass the 14th Amendment and the 14th Amendment explicitly, if you go back in the record of what it, what the debate was on it in the floor of Congress, they said we, we want to make sure that the guarantees of the first of the Bill of Rights is applicable to the states. So a state cannot do what Montana is trying to do. And there will certainly be lawsuits. And I don't think there's any question, there's not much question that uh, this will this will not be upheld. It will be seen as a violation. But what I found interesting during the debate in this, and they've only been debating this a couple of days, is that they use the two justifications for banning TikTok that are at the root of efforts to ban virtually everything. One is national security. If you want somebody not to get information, you say there's a potential national security problem here. And that's because there is some evidence, not overwhelming evidence, but some evidence that the Chinese government may be using TikTok to acquire information about Americans. Uh, I think it's a very thin read. And in Montana, honestly, I mean, again, as you pointed out, who is doing anything in Montana that the Chinese government would care to know about? Right. And secondly, but the second one, and this is the one where liberals do this same thing as conservatives they go well wait a minute what about the children look at what you can see on tiktok you can see right. quasi naked people and, and and you can hear dirty jokes and everything every single topic every advertisement every piece of material every film every piece of porn it's always to defend the children of america against seeing something that could be deleterious to those children. So this combines a completely goofy national security claim with this fear. And the other fear, young people will look at these, the body images, and I, I've visited TikTok. I mean, there are some really conventionally attractive men and women on TikTok that people, teenagers will become so obsessed with the fact that their body image is not the same as the people they see on TikTok that they will become depressed. I'm sure that happens. What I'm not sure is that it happens any more because of TikTok than it did in the 1950s when everybody was salivating over uh, the early days of rock and roll and the women of rock and roll in the 60s and 70s. I don't buy any of it. And even if it was true, it would not be a justification for telling no everyone in Montana, you can't use this website. You can't use it. The governor said in signing this bill that he was not going to, they were not going to try to go after individual TikTok users, but they were going to try to prevent you from downloading TikTok as one of the apps for your phone or computer. Maybe he knows how to do that. I would bet he doesn't. And I would bet furthermore that um, if you're 12 years old living in Montana, you know how to get around any restriction 
on which apps you can buy for your computer. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to work. Right. And I think it'll be declared unconstitutional before it even gets there. So why are they doing this? Because they can't do anything else. Well, they can't do anything else. They can't do anything serious. They want to defend children, but they don't want to stop you from having guns. So this is just another excuse. And again, it poisons the attitudes of both Democrats and Republicans who have bought into this notion that there's nothing you can do to uh, make teenagers understand what body image is and why they shouldn't get depressed. Some people have a more conventionally attractive body than they do. So they're just going to throw this out. And uh, I, I, you know, now that I actually have two senators up here in Massachusetts, I, I, I did write to uh, Senator Warren about her position on this and I've yet to hear back, but you know, maybe she'll, she's probably really busy and will probably get back to me and explain why I suspect why she wants to ban it too. The number one cause of death for children in America. Suicide. Guns. Suicide. Some, yes, guns, of course, guns. But I meant uh, there's a subcategory of suicide by guns that's very high, not only for elderly men, but also for teenagers. Right. So if you really want to protect kids, you don't ban no. TikTok. No. 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 Uh, you ban guns. But you do, the Republicans are masterful at creating the illusion of activity, banning transgender people from using the wrong yep. bathroom, yep. not teaching gender in school or teaching black history. And it it's masterful. It's almost like Edward Bernays has come back from the grave and is training them how to manipulate the masses. Meanwhile, they can't provide for their their citizens. You look at all these states that are pushing anti-drag queen shows, anti-abortion bills. They cannot provide. They refuse to provide for their citizens. They're all falling behind in life expectancy, literacy. And I don't know how you combat this this stupidity right is, is is it it's yeah it really is i mean well it's stupidity combined with the fact that there's not an easy way to get good information i mean you can't the endless news reporting not only on on fox but on every network if you did a, a time motion study of what was covered from midnight of one day till midnight to the other day on CNN or MSNBC, you're going to see that they're using the same footage, the same B-roll that uh, they were using in the morning. It's the same stuff you see on Rachel Maddow's show in the, late in the evening. So we don't, we don't look for new voices. We don't listen for them. We don't bother with them. Producers aren't looking for anybody new with a new beat on, on the same issues they're going to talk about. We have been talking about the debt limit, debt ceiling now for two and a half months. Uh, as of the time we're doing this broadcast, 
Nothing has apparently been changed. No, no opinion has been changed. And everybody's just waiting for some magical occurrence or somebody to back down at the last minute, which is what is generally the case. But I'll tell you, on that issue, here's another thing. We know the Republican Party hates Social Security. And uh, they would cut it. They would modify it. They would make it harder to get it, uh, you know, in your 60s uh, than it is now. So if they want the debt ceiling not to be raised so that people's Social Security checks do not come in the months of June and July, there's a part of me every day that says, let let that happen because then people don't have to listen to democrats who say the republicans are against social security they will see the evidence and the evidence will be the republican party caused the debt ceiling not to be raised and your checks from social security are not coming for two months yeah what do you think of that well the problem is the republicans would blame the Democrats for your not getting your Social Security. They would blame yeah. Bi Biden's uh, Social Security administration. They would blame the post office. They would just lie. They, yeah, they would. They would. But you know something? If the Democrats can't muster an argument about why they didn't do anything wrong, why all they're trying to do is guarantee that the debts we've incurred will be paid which the Constitution does require, that the debts of the United States must be paid. If they can't make that argument, um, I guess too bad for them. The problem is, of course, real people get really hurt when Social Security checks start coming, stop coming. Stop coming. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to be hurt. It's going to be painful. But I think... That's one problem, but the other problem is simply that I don't think enough Democrats are convinced that they can make this relatively simple argument and have it prevail over the counterclaims of the Republicans that you've just mentioned. That is a problem with the messaging of the Democratic Party. Well said. To hear more of the Reverend Barry W. Lynn, those of you living in the Boston area, can hear and watch and see the Reverend Barry W. Lynn at the Community Church of Boston in Boston, Sunday, May 21st at 11 a.m., a life in three acts, peace, porn, and prayer with Reverend Barry W. Lynn. Go see him at the Community Church of Boston, 11 a.m. this Sunday. Music by Cozy Sheridan. Now, if you don't live in Boston, but you want to watch the Reverend on Zoom, you can by going to communitychurchofboston.org. That is communitychurchofboston.org. It'll give you information on how you can log on to Zoom Sunday at 11 a.m. Boston time, May 21st, to watch the Reverend Barry W. Lynn deliver a sermon entitled A Life in Three Acts, Peace, Porn, and Prayer. Not only that, you can buy his new book, Paid to Piss People Off. It's a three-book series. Book number one is Peace. Book number two is Porn. And pe <laughs> book 
Number three is prayer. prayer. We will be discussing peace at office hours, maybe uh, a week from this Friday. Go buy, pay to piss people off. You can pick it up by going to, to Amazon. Go to Amazon. Worship Amazon. Give Jeff Bezos your money. Come on. Or you can go to uh, Barnes & Noble, but why don't you go to bluecedarpress.com or barrywlynn.com. It has the Feldman guarantee. If this book, if these three books don't light a fire underneath you, let me know and I will reimburse you. Thank you, Reverend. Thank you. Stay out of trouble. Only good trouble. Thank you. Thank you. Great.